Shreem Tov, everyone. We are continuing in our ninth class in Bayam Darkecha, learning about the beauty of Shabbos. We have already discussed, we began discussing Havdalah yesterday. We talked about making Havdalah on the wine. We're moving now to Besamim, and hopefully the Nair, and we'll see how far we can get. Remember, we're trying to begin our actual weekday activities with the light of Shabbos uh, influencing our actions. And we explained how the wine shows of our apparent independence that Hashem wants to have exist, but within the context of B'Samim as well. So now the B'Samim is the next stage. So the first bracha is on the wine, and the wine shows that we go into the chol with a sense of independence that Hashem wants us to take responsibility for the world. Now let's see what the Basamim too. So we're on page Samach Aleph, and we then make a bracha on the spices, the fragrances. And what's the intention of Basamim? Is that we're trying to keep the Neshama Yasera, the extra level of soul, the extra level of light, to have it remain. As the Arizal says, as we mentioned yesterday, you take three Hadassim that are perfect Hadassim, three, 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 all the way up. You smell them, and those three should be bound up like regular Hadassim would be on uh, Sukkot. Continues the Arizal, and you should have Kavana with these three Hadassim paralleling the three levels of salt. Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. And you want to intend to maintain the power of the extra soul of Shabbos, the extra level of Nefesh, the extra level of Ruach, the extra level of Neshama that we have gained on Shabbos. And this will happen right now through the three Hadassim, when you smell them. Because the Arizal concludes, we know that the actions you do on Motsoi Shabbos, they are all there to have that extra level of soul that has the extra Kedush of Shabbos to remain with you into the weekdays that you are entering into. Okay, that's what the Arizal says. So let's try to unpack that. And what does that mean? As we already said, every Shabbos we get a Neshama Yaseira. It's a very great power to feel and sense the revelation of the light of Hashem in a deeper way. So on Matzah Shabbos, as we are leaving the holiness of Shabbos, and we it could very well be, and it's likely we're going to lose that light, so we got to do something proactive to not lose it. If you don't do anything, you'll automatically lose it. Therefore, we must do a physical act that we will do it in a way that the Kedusha Shabbos will remain with us with this great recognition that we, uh, that we uh, merited on Shabbos. And that comes by smelling the besamim, preferably three hadasim that parallel nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Now, we already mentioned yesterday that there are many Jews who use other besamim. Even though there's much greater remuzim hints with the three hadasim, but obviously if you can't get a hold of three kosher hadasim, you can smell any besamim. But think about the three Hadassim that you have. Think about the levels 
of of uh, nefesh, ruach, and neshama, even though you have regular clothes. And the footnote mentions something very important. We need to know whenever there is a machlokas between the halachic concept and the kabbalistic concept, we have to realize that everything that's mentioned in the halacha, you must do. And there is no choice. And you can't do it in another way, what halacha says. But things that are established al pi Kabbalah, there are certain things Kabbalistically that did not hold back the mitzvah, but it was uh, enacted for great hints that we'd like to have. But if you can't do the Kabbalistic or nice minute, well, okay, at least try to have in mind what is the inner understanding as if you use them, okay? And that's really the main thing. The main thing is your thoughts. Having three hadasim is reminding us of something. The main thing is to remember. You said, I don't think you can hear us. Okay, I am sorry. Now you'll be able to hear me. Are you able okay, to hear? can you hear me now, Rabbi? I can hear you. Were you not Okay, able? that's fine. Were you not I was always able, we were always able to hear you, and we could hear each other, but you couldn't hear us. But oh, it's fine now. But you were able to hear I don't me. have anything to say, okay. um, but I just uh, realized you couldn't hear us. Okay, fine. Fine. Okay, so anyway, so therefore, the Kabbalah is wonderful, but it doesn't hold you back necessarily. So you, you want to think of the three Hadassim with all the explanations we said yesterday and today's explanations, which are for the Ruach, Nefesh, and Neshama that has been increased for us, and we want to maintain that. Now, let's look at the deeper understanding. The sense of smell, that in Hebrew is called reach, reach, smell. That's the same cognate as the word ruchani, spiritual. Spirituality is something you cannot touch. It is not in the world of physics. Similarly with smell, you cannot uh, contain a smell, so to speak. You don't see it. You can't weigh a smell. You can't see a smell. Okay, and there's a lot to be said about that. And therefore, what's the essence of a hadas or any basamim, any fragrance? It show. What do you do when you're smelling something? It has your mind. Remember that everything in the world has an inner light which is the main thing of it, even though we can't see it. In other words, on a simple level, you smell something, but you don't see it. You're driving past a steel city, and you're driving by, and you just smell in the air. Whoa, what a smell. Or you're, whatever, you're, you're walking by some beautiful trees in bloom. Right? You see a tree, you see the tree, but the smell, you don't see the smell. The smell can be a uh, hundred feet away from the trees and still you smell it. So what does the sense of smell tell you? That just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not there. Okay. So therefore, uh, just because you don't see God's light doesn't mean it's there. So you see a tree, 
and the tree is in full bloom. Or you just take roses, right? Nice, a nice, nice flower. Nice flower. It smells good. You see the flower. You don't see the smell. So what do you say? The smell doesn't exist. Of course, the smell exists. But where is it coming from? Well, some of it's coming from the rose. But what if I, you know, can I grab onto the smell? You can't grab onto the smell. So that proves to me that something can exist even though you can't see it. And therefore, when we're dealing with the light of Hashem, which is the primary aspect of all existence, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So you're going to say, yeah, but the tree, at least I see the tree. I see the tree. So that's the source of the smell. Well, guess what? You see you see a, 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 a hamburger. The divine energy is making the divine, the hamburger exist. So, although it's not a 100% accurate because it's really the inverse. The fact I see the hamburger, but what does that mean? Well, because there's a divine energy that you can't see that's bringing that into reality. I don't think we can say that the smell brings the tree into reality. Uh, the tree produces a smell, but the point still is there. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it's not very integrally related to the thing that you see. And that's the point. So that's why make so therefore when a person smells the basamim, it should um um uh, it should um excite his heart to see that in everything, no matter how physical it is, like a spice, like um hadasim. There is a divine light. And therefore, you should be asking yourself, you should be asking yourself that uh, Hashem should help us that that divine light that we cannot see, just like we cannot see the source, of, we can't see the smell, we should be able to retain it just like in these Hadassim are retained. And you should think that just like there's a smell in the Basamim, really the smell is coming from the Basamim. It's from the Basamim. Even I don't see it, but it's there. And it's a very primary thing. After all, beautiful flowers, what are they there for if not for the smell? Very fragrant things. A spice, what's a spice there if not for the smell? Right? So if the smell is there, and even though I can't see it, but it's there and it's primary, so therefore, I will accept upon myself to remember there is a divine light in each and every thing and that gives a light, life for it and to know that that's primary and that's the only good and that's the only pleasure that a person can feel in anything. And therefore, with the power of this action and this thought over the besumming, the person merits that the light that's in the nefesh, ruach, and neshama that was extra that you got in Shabbos it will remain with you and you'll be able to have a handle of that no matter what happens during the week. Okay? And therefore, very interesting that now we're taking this Kabbalistic idea and now we're going to give you a straight halacha as said in the Mishnah Brewer. And now you're going to understand much deeper what the Mishnah Brewer is saying. The Mishnah Brewer says in Simon Reish Tzadi Zion, Sif Cotton Base. He says, we smell the summim on Matzah Shabbos. Why? 
because we lost the extra soul of Shabbos. So what does that mean? What did you think it meant until today? Well, you know, the soul feels bad and uh, smell is the only thing a, smell, a soul appreciates. So the soul feels bad, so the soul feels better. Now we've been saying this for years, but what in the world does that mean? A soul can feel better, but it's not a thing to do with the soul, so to speak. They say, well, we're losing the extra soul. But now we understand clearly that by smelling the basamim, the person can retain the extra level of soul that he had and not to lose it. In other words, since Matzah Shabbos is a most auspicious time to lose the soul, and it will get lost if you don't do anything. So therefore, we smell the Besamim so that we do not lose it and we retain it through the lesson that the Besamim teach us. Okay? Obviously, the light on Shabbos cannot shine uh, the same as during the week. Whatever that light is, is not going to shine in such a clear, obvious way during the weekday. But a little of that, a person can get a complete acquisition of it and retain it for the week. Okay, so what, what is basically happening is after you made the brach on the wine, and as we discussed yesterday, that wine is the expression of one's human independence, and it appears that we do exist independently, and we're meant to accomplish things during the week, because that's what the whole avoid of a Jew is. But as soon as you get that, let's not forget the message of the Basamim that is telling us, but really, it's the divine light that you experience on Shabbos is driving you, and you should hold on to that light, even though you are doing behaviors that seem that you're doing it on your own. And that's what it means. It kind of revives the soul. What does it mean revives the soul? Well, on the very simplest level, when a person faints, what happens when, why does a person faint? What is the physics behind it? Well, maybe a certain lack of, what? Blood pressure. Blood pressure. Little lack of oxygen, maybe. Okay, so what do we do? The person's alive. He's alive. He's just not, what's the word? Cognizant. He's not conscious, but he's alive. He's 100% alive. It could be, you know, fairly healthy. It's just, he's lost consciousness. So what's going on? Now we put a little besom. So what does the besom do? It arouses one of his senses, and that wakes him up. Well, that's true in the world of physics. But there's always spiritual rules that produce the rules of physics. And what are we saying? When a soul becomes unconscious, when Shabbos leaves, the soul becomes unconscious, can become totally unconscious. So we're keep, trying to keep the soul awake. Because remember, the soul, when it's awake, it's, it's a tool to receive the light. So we're trying to keep our soul the tool awake enough that it can still retain the light of Shabbos. And that's what the smelling is doing that you want to retain. Now you cannot retain the full measure of the light you got on Shabbos. That's impossible. It's a weekday. But some of it you can. And that's what you want to keep the entire week until you get to the next Shabbos and you build on that. Okay, so we're two steps into the Havdalah. We still have two more to go.
Okay, so remember, we always start with yayin, wine, and then we move on to besamim, and now we're going to go to the ner, the candle, bore meore ha'esh. What's the spiritual message there? Now, according to the, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the Zohar HaKadosh, and as others explain more, we look at our fingernails to the light of the candle. So in Halacha, in Halacha, let's just look at the Halacha. How do you say the bracha on the fire? You have enough fire that's lit that you can recognize something through the light. So some say it's like a little coin. Let's say two different coins, a quarter and a nickel, or two similar shaped coins but with different things embossed on. So we do that. Or similarly, fingernails, you could see the nail versus the skin. So there's enough light for you to see that. That's the halacha. But again, there's a hashkafa behind this. And it's very interesting, the words of Rab Chaim Vital, who tells us the customs of the Arizal. I'm going to skip part of it that says you shouldn't do it like a certain way. I'm going to tell them the way you're supposed to do it. So he says the way you do it is you got your fingers are in front of you. Take the finger, my hand in front of you. And now we're going to close the tips of your finger. I'm going to close it. However, there's one. So you, you, you close it into your palm, your right hand. The thumb gets covered by them. So I'm going to show you to the Zoom audience and then to the other audience. I'm, I'm calling two audiences, one in front of me, one behind me. You're taking your hand, put the thumb in, cover it like that, and that's with, with to the fire. Okay, for the live people, thumb in, four fingers over. Okay, now, you got that? And they're bent in front of your face, who's making the bracha, and they are bent before the candle. Let's say you're holding the fire. You're holding the fire. Okay, I got the fire here. I got me here. Right now, I saw my whole hand. Now, I'm closing it up. Okay, so now, what am I seeing and what am I not seeing so much? Well, I can't even... And, and if I'm bending my finger a little bit lower... Okay, so... Um, Okay, and so they're like bending in front of the first thing, making the bracha, and in front of the light. The light is here, and it's like it's the fingers bowing down, bending. And really, what is concealed? The thumb is completely concealed. The fingertips. You don't even see the fingertips either. And the fingertips, either. meaning with the nails. Yeah. With the nails are concealed. That's the way the Arizal says to do it. Uh, not the way others do it. Uh, he says, not like others who look at the back of the fingers and they're not folded over. It gives a bunch of things that you shouldn't do. But that's, again, he's saying, you just, you just, um, you, you have your hand straight. You start off with your hand like this, right? You start off like this, okay? And then you bend in everything into the hand and you leave it that way, totally covered up. 
and then you look towards the nair with your fingernails alone and not inside your hands. In other words, you're bending it down. So now when it's bent down like this and the fire is here, not back there. Remember, you're making Havdalah. So you got the fire on your side, right? So the fire is here, the candle thing. So what am I able to see? Just the, the fingernails down here. And I should see the light in the fingernails. You got that? It's not the fingernails. No, you don't, you don't, you don't, we're saying you don't tuck them in. Well, you can't, the you, know, you do tuck them in, but even if they're tucked in, you can still see the light in the fingernails. If I go, like, but if you tuck them right inside your hand, but you can't, then you, wouldn't. you can't do that 100%. Like can, this. What? Like this. <laughs> I don't know how you can, I can't. Paul, your thumb is outside, Paul. Thumb should be inside. Your you cannot thumb do has to be inside. inside, Paul. Your thumb isn't inside. Oh, Okay, okay, it's inside. Completely inside, inside all the yeah. way, not a little bit. Look, not a little bit, all the way. Yeah, it's inside. Gosh, okay. You're not, you're... I'm doing it. When I close it's it... It's tucked in. When I close it, I have to see my fingernails. Yeah. The thumb is not allowing. If I do it this yeah. way... Yeah. Oh, I see. You're saying the thumb is the pushing thumb the is fingernails pushing out. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 look how much okay, the I got thumb it. is in. There's no way I can cover as long, my as long as the thumb, thumb extends all the way through the palm. Well, and it pushes it can, all the nails it out. Can. And therefore, you're just seeing the fingernails. Got it. See? Look. You see yeah, it? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, now, perfect. when the fire is here, it's going to shine on the fingernail. And you're going to oh, see I the see fire it. in the fingernail. You got that? That's the Kabbalistic way. I'm not saying there aren't other ways, but that's the Kabbalistic way. Okay, I hope people who are listening on the podcast and don't see the picture will understand what I'm saying. But clearly, if you put your thumb straight through the palm and you close your fingers, the fingers are down, and it looks like they're bowing down to the light, but you can still see the light in the fingernails, and the difference between the fingernails and the skin is obvious. Okay. I'm sure the rabbi would be willing to demonstrate to anyone who comes by and asks. Yes. So now what what are we doing over here? What are we teaching? What's the symbolism over here? So let's hear beautiful words. The light, the candle is symbolic of what? What would you say? Obvious. What is it? Hello? Shabbos? Well, what? The Shabbos? The Shekhinah. The Shekhinah. The Shekhinah. The light. Okay. It's the light of Shabbos. You just had Shabbos. It was yeah, the light that's what of I said. I said Shabbos. So it's the light of Shabbos, not Shabbos. The light of Shabbos. The Shekhinah of Shabbos. Yeah. Now, your four fingers, all right, that is referring to the, the world of the chitsonios, the externals, which is interesting. The four fingers represent the four types of malachim that are called with the anacronym Argaman, purple, Aleph, Reish, Gimel, Mem, Nun, Sophis, because it's the Rashi Tevis of different names of Malachim. The Malach, the Malach Oriel, Raphael, Gavriel, Michal, and Noriel. Even though that's five, and Argaman uh, it has five letters, but there's four fingers because Noriel and Oriel both mean light. Okay, now what does that mean? Well, we know every time we do mitzvahs, we create malachim. We are able, we are very powerful people. When we do a mitzvah, we create a malach. We create a force. 
And those four fingers, this is what we would call the fingers are what we call the uh, external. Okay? And the malachim is an expression of revealing the external that is revealed by the creatures. And to show you the power of the creatures who are doing the service of Hashem. Okay? Now, let me explain a little more. Footnote Memhe, so we don't get lost over here. He says, this idea of uh, the, the fingernails, this is teaching us um, the concept of the external world. Okay. And the part that you see, what the creatures see is nurturing in the external way. And that's where you can make a mistake to think you have your own power. So what he is saying is that, you know, what's the only part of your finger that grows? The fingernail. <laughs> and it seems to be doing it pretty automatic, isn't it? While the rest is just your fingers. Okay. So what's really happening over here? So when you're looking at your finger, the fleshy part, is really symbolic of the inner part of creation and the outer part, meaning the fingernails, speaks about the superficial because superficially it looks like you're doing things. Things are growing on their own and uh, that's a world without Hashem because the fingernails, it just grows. It doesn't need any help. It just grows. So what are we doing now? So if the fingernail represents the essence of externality because it is it's very external to us it's not really the essence of the person it's something that comes out from the person it shows this activity from the person that's the only thing that without you doing anything it still grows and moves from you so that represents the external realities of life the finger represents the internal realities of life because you really nothing much is happening there so now what's going on so what do you do you now are taking the inner part and you're now taking the external part and what are you doing? You're bending it in front of the light. Now what's, what's really bending more than anything else? It's the nails. It's the fingernails. It's bending completely, which is the most external part. And when you bend it down, first of all, it's subjugating itself. You got, you got the light here shining. And now I got, oh, my finger, look, look at all my externals. And now it bows down. It bows down, showing reverence. And now you see the light in the fingernails. Which means that which represents the most external thing, really there's light in the fingernails. And that means all the gashmias is being driven by the light of Shabbos. And the thumb which is all on its own and is totally removed from everything, which seems to be a complete independent reality. What do we do with it? Chunk it inside the four fingers and cover it up. And we close it up because uh, that, that one finger seems to show about the existence of the creature himself as a totally separate. You got, look, the thumb always looks separate. So it's like the universe, look, I'm separate from everything, right? I'm, look how separate I am. So what do you do? No, you're not. Boom. We'll cover you up completely. 
completely covered up. And what are you looking at only? I'm looking only at the part that looks to be its own reality, which is the fingernails. And I see the light shining off of it, which gives me the message that, and this is like the compromise message. So when you're making the bracha bore me ha'esh, what are you now? It's the culmination of all three. You made a bracha on the wine that bubbles on its own. It seems I have an independent existence. And I cannot just say, God's everything. I'm no reason for me to do anything on the weekdays. No, you got to go out there and make it happen, man. You're wine. But the Basavim are saying, yeah, although you make it happen, but inside it's the smell. Just like smell you can't see, the inner light you can't see. And now we put it into practice by taking the hand and the fingernails to know I have a lot of power. I have lots of yearning, but now I bend it over before the Shechina because I know because it's really all from Hashem and I surrender into it. And now I'm able to see that the light is mamish permeating off and shining off of the fingernail. And what we want to do during the week is all our actions are like the fingernail. And these people should be able to see the light in our fingernails. Whoa, what a shot. What a shot. And that's why we say, Bore me ore ha eish. Who created the, the illumination of fire because eish represents yearning, excitement. It's like fire can accomplish things. So you can accomplish things. And, that's, and that is included in all the malachim because the malachim only do the will of Hashem. And we do the will of Hashem. And now you see a grape shot. Why do we make basamah? So one of the reasons we do more is to see the difference between light and dark, right? But remember, the first light was created on Matzah Shabbos. First fire was created on Matzah Shabbos. What does that mean? That now on Matzah Shabbos, the fire, meaning the fire of a human being, can now go to work and do things. Well, Adam really couldn't do much, but now Matzah Shabbos, the fire is created. There's a power of creatures to be on fire and do the of Hashem. But before we do that, we have to know not get carried away with ourselves and make complete bitol to know there's nothing there and there, but still now, after Shabbos, the fire has been lit. And therefore, we know it's got to be all done with humility. And that's why we make the bracha on the fire in the middle of Havdalah. Because that is the whole concept of Havdalah, to discriminate between the true root and between what comes out of it, and to sublimate the creation before Hashem. That's the only way that can be accomplished. So now we have a much deeper appreciation of Bore Maore Ha'esh. Also, Agav is another idea that the four fingers represent the four Goliaths and the thumb is the Jewish people. Because the Jewish people are Am Levadad. We're a nation that's apart from everybody. The four uh, exiles are covering up. And it looks like we're all covered up. But you remember, the light of Hashem is in the four fingernails. It's Hashem who's making the Golos happen. And don't forget, and that's how we have to look into, as we leave Shabbos and go into Golos, realize Golos, it appears to be Golos, but Hashem is behind it to bring out the greatest light. Okay, we got to stop it here. That was a big chunk we did there. All right.